You're listening to the Harborside Church Podcast. To connect with us online, go to www.harborside.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. So I'll be reading from two passages. So the first one will be Genesis 27, verses 2 to 3. And then the one after that will be Revelation 21, verses 1 to 5. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant in the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give you, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been God had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done all right revelation 21 1 to 5 then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell, excuse me, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who has seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Thank you for reading that, Nick. Much appreciated. Um, Like Ali, this is um, my first day back at Harborside, and it's good to be home. Um, Yeah, we had a couple of weeks of holiday and then last Sunday we were worshipping with the saints at um, St Matt's West Pennant Hills and that was really cool. Um, The result is that um, I knew I was speaking today and I was speaking um, on the theme of rest and reimagination and I needed to catch up on all the sermons that had been because the idea is this will be sort of the end of the summer series and uh, just before we have Vision Sunday next Sunday. So I listened uh, to all the series, um, and what I say today will sort of flow on pretty well. It'll flow on from Caleb speaking about the need to practice spiritual discipline so you have soft ground underneath your feet, Um, and it will flow on from what Mike said about slowing down, uh, going at the pace of Jesus, and last week what John said about um, being uh, the privilege of being God's children. Beautiful message. I did realise, though, that it was a bit ironic um, because I had to catch up on all those sermons. I was listening to Mike's sermon on slowing down, but it was at (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. 
feel a little bit guilty about that. <laughs> um, so today uh, I was I was sort of praying, you know, what 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 would go on and how would we work this? And um, I was thinking about Sabbath. Uh, Sabbath is something I've been thinking about uh, for a little while now, um, because because God, in His sense of humour, um, actually got me to write on the Sabbath. So. Anyone who knows me knows that I have a lot going on all the time. I actually find it almost impossible to, to stop thinking about stuff and stop thinking about work. Lately I've found kayaking helps me and that's been really good. Um, but other than that, it's really hard for me to switch off and not work. Um, I know the importance of Sabbath. I know that, you know, biblically it's really important. Um, but for me it's been something that I've really struggled with to have, to have a time where I just stop. Um, so in the last few years, God has got me to speak on it. People keep asking me to speak on it. Thank you. And then he got me to write a whole chapter on it. <laughs> last year, these uh, people from Gordon Conwell College in Boston asked me to write um, on a, a chapter on, on Sabbath. And I'm speaking, I'm running a webinar next Friday on it. So this topic comes up again and again. And I know it's because this is really important and God wants me to deal with it. So I wonder if you have a Sabbath rest. Um, I wonder if you have a time of the week where you particularly set aside time, where you stop work, and that could be paid work, it could be other work that you do around the house or, or that the internal thinking, thinking, thinking stuff that sometimes we do. I wonder if you've put in place a practice of having a Sabbath. So I'll give you a little time just to chat if you want to with the person next to you. Do you have those practices in place? Or if you don't want to chat with the people around you, just to think yourself, have you set aside that time? Do you keep that time? <laughs> okay, have a little chat. It's always so cruel, isn't it, to get people just beginning to talk. You're just in the middle of a really interesting conversation and then someone says, okay, stop. Um, but maybe you can continue that a bit later. But, yeah, really animated conversations. I didn't think you'd have that much to talk about. Well done. Uh, <laughs> maybe everyone else has it sort of but me. But anyway, um, there are good biblical foundations for having this break, this Sabbath break. And the, the first one is the first reading that we had this morning, the fact that that God actually breaks. Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 to 3 says, On the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing and he rested from all his work. And I wonder if you've thought about this, that, that God didn't rest because he got tired, you know. <laughs> That's often why we have a break, because we've got tired and we just want to rest. Um, God was doing something else on that day and we'll examine that a little more um, as we go through. Uh, but it's right there from the beginning, right from the beginning, pre-fall, there is this Sabbath rest. Uh, Genesis 2, 20 to 21 might be sort of a strange one to think about, but it will come up a little bit later, is this idea that this is not something that we do alone. Um, we're not meant to be alone, sorry, introverts, um, <laughs> all the time. We're meant to to be with other people. And so in Genesis 2, 20 to 21, it says God knew that it was not good for man to be alone. There was no other suitable helper. And so God made a helper for God uh, for man. Um, this idea that we're, we're meant to do things together. And that's been challenging for me to think about as well, that Sabbath is not just about me. It's actually something to do perhaps with others. Luke 4, 42, um, we see that 
this is just one verse, but there are many times in the gospel stories when Jesus has a Sabbath break in, um, in many ways where he stops what he's doing, particularly either after a really tough time or before he's about to make a big decision. He stops and he goes to a solitary place often, it says, and he just spends time with God. Um, and that's in spite of all the needs around him. And even here you see people rush to try and grab him again. <laughs> um, Mark chapter 2, uh, 27 to 28 was a really big corrective because the other thing that Jesus actually did on the Sabbath day, it's almost like he keeps poking the religious authorities. If you read through, almost, so many of his healings are on the Sabbath and every time the religious authorities are there to say, no, you're not supposed to be doing that. Or else um, he's going through a field and he's picking some grain for him and his disciples and the authorities say, you can't do that. Um, it's almost like he's saying, eh, eh, eh. Um, but, but he says, you got it all wrong. Um, it's not that we were made to observe the Sabbath. Actually, the Sabbath was made for humanity, for humanity's sake. I think those are really good foundations because it helps us to understand what is going on and helps us to, to work out how we can actually have this practice in our own lives. And so here are some points I want to make about that, that what, what God is actually inviting us to do is not, is not to rest from work. That's often the way with that we see Sabbath, to actually see that we need to work from a place of rest, a place of deep rest. What God deals with is rhythms not schedules, all those lists we have and all the other things that we do, but actually God recognises there are rhythms. He's created us with rhythms and the rhythms, rhythm of rest and work is actually really important for us to be healthy. And there will be times when we're busy. Um, God sees that, he understands. There are times for some of you where it's just hectic. I remember there was um, a lady who came up to me one time and um, she worked in uh, finance and she was saying, I want to practice the Sabbath, but, you know, at month end, at year end, it's so hard. She said, what do I say to my people? Do I say, okay, I know you guys have to work 24-7 <laughs> to get through this period, but I'm just going to leave you and I'll go away. She said, that seems really like not very loving, not very caring. Is that a good example? But this idea of I said to her, well, maybe you can teach them the importance of rhythms that God has put in place for us, that when we have times of busyness, we need to plan for times of slowness, slow down to rest, to recover. This idea of working from rest, I think, is really, really significant. And um, it took me a while to realise uh, that humans were made on the sixth day. And what happened on the seventh day? God rested. And presumably all of creation rested with him. So actually, we didn't get to work in the garden till the day after that. So for, for humans, we rested and then we started work. So maybe that's, I think that's the pattern that is actually really healthy for us, to think about not work till you drop and then rest, but actually for humans, I think it's much better for us to have this mindset of, I'm going to work from a place of deep rest, deep connection with God. Mm. And in doing this, I just want to recognise that we have to steward our whole of life. Every time uh, I talk about Sabbath, I can, see, I can see people who have stopped paid work thinking Sabbath is every day. No, not quite. <laughs> um, 
think forgetting about sort of all the other sorts of work we do, all the other sorts of worry that we do. Um, and I see the parents of young children just raise their eyes as well. <laughs> and I recognise there are seasons where it's really hard to put this into place. But not doing it whole, on your own, I think, is part of, of the way you can do that. But we've got to think about our whole life. How do we steward our whole life in this idea of resting? So I think the mindset, and January is a great time to think. Most of us, well, some, most of us had a bit of a break some longer than others, some more spectacular than others. Um, but most of us are starting, have the opportunity to start this year from a place of rest. And to carry that mindset into the whole year, I think will be really good, really healthy. But also, I've been talking about relationships. I think that part of Sabbath, part of rest, is about building relationships. So on that first Sabbath, I can imagine God resting with his creation um, and I imagine we don't have a lot of pointers there, but later he's talking about sort of working in the garden and he's naming the animals with him. I'm pretty sure it was a community activity, that rest. I think rest is about building relationships. It's about building relationship with God, taking time out to be really intentional about building relationship with God. But I think it's also about the opportunity to build relationship with others as well. Um, for some of you, that's not the way you want to imagine Sabbath. <laughs> Maybe that's not restful for you. But for others, it's helpful to have that reminder that it's okay. if you. It's okay to actually see your Sabbath time as a time of actually being with others and remembering others as well, others that you may have neglected. It's a great opportunity to do that. And it's an opportunity for rebuilding relationship with creation you see, I think Sabbath is sort of a reversal of the fall. It's an opportunity to practice the reversal of the fall. In Genesis 3, sin enters the world and there's a broken connection. There's three different sorts of connections that are broken. Relationship with God, relationship with each other and relationship with creation. And I think Sabbath rest is an opportunity to rebuild, reconnect all those relationships. Relationship with God, relationship with other people and to go into and be part of creation again. For some people, that's where you feel God the most, the opportunity to go to the beach, be in the bush, do a bit of bush bathing, um, whatever it takes. But the opportunity to just reconnect with creation as, as well, I think rest is good for that, particularly if we, have, we work in very technical jobs. Sometimes we can get disconnected from creation. So we need to work from rest. We need to see rest as the opportunity to build relationships. And my third point is that rest is about imagination or reimagination. See, I think God has created us with the ability to imagine. And that's something we get from God and is an opportunity from God. And when we rest, we get that chance to dream and that chance to reimagine what life might be like. Um, this is part of the revelation that I got um, when I was writing that book chapter that I mentioned about. If I say the word Sabbath, there are three things that most people think about. They think of Sabbath as time, like a day and seven or something like that. They think about rest, as I've been talking about quite a lot, and they think of worship. So a lot of people see Sunday as the opportunity for Sabbath to worship God. But in my chapter, I started to realise that Actually, there are some other things that come up when you examine scripture. 
But Sabbath is about time, but it's also about place. It's about sacred spaces, creating those opportunities. It's about rest, but it's also about contemplating, contemplating what God is doing, what God is doing in my life and, and, and being in his presence. It's about worship and giving God the adoration he deserves, but it's also about imagination, reimagination. Part of uh, the chapter, when we were writing the chapter, we were told that we had to reflect on something that we did, uh, so whatever our vocation was. So there were a few people involved in this, this book writing exercise. So there was a lawyer and he was reflecting on what does Sabbath mean when you work in law? Um, there was a theologian, so she was considering that. There was a whole range of different vocations represented. Now, my vocation is as a writer probably mostly. And so I was thinking about what does Sabbath mean as a writer? So I went to Lord of the Rings, <laughs> one of my favourite books, and I started to think what happens in writing? And one thing I, I cottoned on to pretty quick is that Sabbath is there when you tell a story because stories need Sabbath moments and there are rhythms in storytelling um, and writing. And when I looked at Lord of the Rings, just the first book, I realised there were three Sabbath moments just in that first part of Lord of the Rings. Now, some of you have read this book, some of you have seen the movies, um, but you may know that it's about a fellowship of a collection of hobbits and elves and wolves and men who head out. I know there's at least one fanatic in the audience. This is just for you, Sue. <laughs> they head out and they've got to take this ring. They're on a quest to take this ring, which is too powerful, and they need to destroy it in the Mount of Doom. Um, so they head out. In the book, there are three Sabbath moments, as I said. One's at Tom Bombadil, which isn't in the movie. Okay, got that out of the way. That's, you know, those Tolkien fans out there were really upset about that, but anyway. Um, the next one's at Rivendell, one of my favourite places to think about um, with the elves. And then the third one is in Lothlorien. Um, and maybe you remember Kate Blanchett as uh, Lady Galadriel. Um, so in that book, these Sabbath moments is an opportunity for them to take some time and to appreciate the place. There's some opportunity for rest and to also contemplate what's happened to them and to take that space. There's an opportunity uh, for worship in some ways. Um, it's sort of hidden in the layers, but um, Tolkien's Christian roots come out in that. Um, but particularly there's this opportunity for reimagination. So let me just read you a little bit from my essay. I won't read all of it in a second, but I'll read you a tiny bit. Um, so after this period of contemplation, they have the opportunity to consider the road ahead in Lothlorien, the company have found a beautiful place and have experienced deep rest, not just of their bodies, but of their minds and hearts. They are now free to imagine, to find a way forward in their journey. Until now, they have been reacting to news of doom, problems around them, attacks from enemies. However, in this time of Sabbath, they are free to move beyond hurry and fear to see the world in new ways. The lady gives Frodo and Sam the opportunity to look into the mirror of Galadriel, which shows things that were, things that are, and things that may yet be. In this way, they encounter the world of imagination and possibility. Much of it is terrible, but Galadriel and Celeborn bring words and gifts of comfort and hope. They share some wisdom for what the next part of the journey may look like for the companions and provision them accordingly. Galadriel tells them 
quote, maybe the paths that you each shall tread are already laid before your feet, though you do not see them. I think that's what Sabbath rest can do for us. We can have that opportunity to, to stop and dream and think and reimagine what the future might look like, what we might be going back into. And just in case that you think I'm taking all my theology from Lord of the Rings, which would be possible, but no. Um, here are some verses that talk about worship and reimagination. So Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15 is another time where it's talking about the Sabbath. And God says to the people, remember you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out. So he's saying Sabbath is, is not just for you, but you need to, your servants can have Sabbath as well and your animals can have Sabbath. You see that sort of connection with creation again. And then as part of the reason of Sabbath, he says, remember what you were and how God has brought you out. He's, when you're a slave, you don't get to practice Sabbath. You're just nose to the grindstone and that's just it. You do what you're told. But God is saying actually an important part of celebrating the Sabbath in the land is that freedom to be able to do that. Sabbath is a point of freedom. It shouldn't be a duty or a hassle or a pain. It's actually a gift, a gift for us to experience and to share with others. Second one, Hebrews 4, 9 to 10. This is a passage where it talks about God's Sabbath rest and there's hints of looking forward to the time, the new creation. Um, and Sabbath rest is that time when um, our hearts are reunited with God. Um, we find rest in God. It's a beautiful passage, but it's got that looking forward, that imagining moment. And then in the second reading that we had today, we see it even more clearly. See, all through the Bible, God gives his people these, these points of imagination, these ideas and images that you can just hold on to when you're going through times of pressure, when you're uncertain about the future, when it's hard. And Revelation 21 um, the beginning of that is just one of those moments where God talks about this new creation he's going to bring about. And then this amazing verses, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. It talks about no more crying, no more pain, no more mourning. We all yearn for that. And it says, for the old order of things has passed away. So I think there's this idea that we perhaps can look for this new order of things in our own lives, in our work. Sabbath gives us the opportunity just to break, disconnect, and to be able to reimagine in a new way. What might it look like for our family, for important relationships? Have some imagination for that. Now, I think we've lost some of the art of imagining sometimes, but here are four ways you might be able to rediscover it um, that you might be able to make it fun on the Sabbath. Uh, the first one is creativity. Uh, I often do imagination exercises with different people uh, as part of my mentoring, part of my work. And uh, it's amazing what happens when you put a brand new set of coloured pencils in front of people. Um, they change. Some of you might think, no, in which case I would give you Play-Doh. Um, <laughs> um, but... We need to unlock the creativity. Creativity is something that, that kids do like automatically almost. Like they're so creative and then it sort of gets hammered out of us as we grow up. But creativity can unlock imagination again. The other thing we need is curiosity, just asking the question why. Um, sometimes I think we feel like life can't be different. Um, I can't imagine how life could be different, how this relationship could be different. 
but keeping on asking why or how, how could it be different? Why am I locked into this? Being curious about it, I think, really helps with reimagining. Again, something that kids do all the time um, probably drives drives parents crazy most of the time, the condless why, why, why. But it's something that we need to do um, as adults, I think, rediscover that curiosity. The third one is, of course, God's word and prayer. Even as we've just been talking, you know, that passage from Revelation that just, bang, opens our eyes up to to the way God is sovereign and in control of the world, the way he sets these examples of what life could be like in front of us um, and praying, praying with God into imagination, really, really important. And the last one is grace. And and this one um, happened as I was... um, scrolling through Facebook. Okay, there's a a confession. Um, (laughs) Not on my Sabbath, but (laughs) I was scrolling through and I saw this uh, quote from John Dixon, the Australian author, and he talked about a grace culture is able to feel, express disagreement and love at the same time. Our graceless culture has lost this ethical imagination. We too often equate disagreement with bigotry. We say only agreement signals love. When we do this, we are really just staring in the mirror of our culture's tragic loss of grace. And it just reminded me that, you know, that ethical imagination. I love the concept of that. What if we imagined a different way of doing things, a different way of of right and wrong? Why do we get locked into the way things are? And grace frees us to do that. It gives us an amazing amount of freedom because we're not bound by the rules around us so much. There is grace. Um, So I think creativity, curiosity, God's word and prayer and grace are ways that can just unlock imagination. So this is my encouragement to you as we begin this new year to work from rest. Have that mindset in your head. Start working from a place of deep rest. Use your rest as an opportunity to build relationships or rebuild relationships with God, others, and creation. Use your rest to reimagine how God could be present in your work or use your work. And I just want to finish with um, a last thought. Uh, I saw this uh, quote from Paul Woolley, who is uh, head of the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, and he's actually um, mostly quoting from John Kersler. He said, John Kersler notes how Sabbath affords a rest by which we are not so much restored as restoried. Mm, I love that concept. In the biblical narrative, Sabbath displaces work from the centre of human life and invites us to reimagine a world that's centred around the God who made it. In taking rest seriously, we're not only refreshed, but restoried with a true account of God, the world, and ourselves. So maybe that's the image to take away. Tell a new story with God at the centre of everything you do and imagine what that might be like. Be restoried through rest. Let me pray for us as we think about that. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of Sabbath rest. You know that it's, it's important for us to do that. Sometimes we think we can't afford it. We don't have spare time to rest. Sometimes other things just crowd in on us. Sometimes we don't have an imagination for what that rest might look like. I pray, Lord, that today you would help us to remember that this is both a command from you but a gift from you, that you made it for our good. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the imagination we need to be not just restored, but restoried. 
to see our lives and our relationships from your perspective, with you, Lord, at the centre of all that we do. I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen.